0: to you from the Forge of Freedom studio in the heart of America, a podcast dedicated to preserving freedom and inspiring personal success. Freedom is born and lives through you, the individual, and it dies in the shadows of tyranny, motivating our listeners to become well-rounded, freedom-minded people with the body of an athlete, the mind of a stoic, and the spirit of a warrior. The Tree of Liberty lives on through you. The Forge of Freedom. And now here's your host, Alex Uli.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Forge of Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Alex Uli, and this is episode 36 of The Forge of Freedom. Today, we're going to discuss a book that covers all the bases that we mentioned in the intro, the body, the mind, and the soul. The book is called You Matter, Your Personal Health Revolution. And I have the authors, Melissa Campbell and David Hildebrand. Uh, joining me today to discuss their book. Uh, welcome Melissa and David. Uh, thank you both for being here. Uh, Melissa, Melissa is a, a mother of two daughters, a cancer survivor and a lawyer. Uh, she has worked as a prosecuting attorney and a defense attorney, and she began her fitness journey in 1993. And David owns a fitness center uh, is married and has two children, and he began his fitness journey in 1975. Now, I know both of you. Uh, Melissa, I know a, a little bit better because we've worked off and on together for, for a while. Uh, and David, you and I met briefly before. But I was introduced to your book uh, when it was released back in 2020. And I thought it was just, just amazing that... Uh, both of you can work on this together and, and come up with a, a product that is really meant to be a self-help book to, to to sort of encourage people to to take control of their own lives and improve their health and imp- improve the rest of their life along with it. So before we get into the book itself, uh, would you mind both of you just to say a little bit more about uh, your background and, and what inspired you to write this book? Yeah
2: the uh, uh day held brand uh graduated high school in 1980 went to Lincoln Tech went to the army was a mechanic for several years and uh, decided to go to ball state become a an educated person I suppose and then uh, <clears throat> ended up being the purchasing agent purchasing manager at a fortune 200 company um and then retired from that stuff because you know of various reasons and then. Uh, opened a fitness center and have always been passionate about fitness. You know, I mentioned uh, 1975, I started my journey. So, never, never have swerved from it very much. So, that's who I am.
3: Yes, I'm Melissa Campbell. Um, as you mentioned, Alex, we know each other as colleagues and lawyers, uh, but um, I work here in town where David has his fitness center and go to his gym. And we met. Um, At a career day, I was representing uh, my office and he was there as his gym owner and we met and started chatting and uh, actually there was an upcoming uh, event, a Rugged Maniac going on in town and we were both planning to go and realized we both had an interest in fitness. Uh, At that point, I wasn't real serious. Um, I I just was learning and um, so we met that way and then I joined his gym and began training with him. And we've worked together uh, almost 10 years together now. Um, he's, I call him my coach. Uh, he trains me just about every day. And um, uh, he's who I go to for fitness advice. And really, as you mentioned, uh, our philosophy, it's more of a philosophy of approaching life. When you mentioned body, mon- mind, and spirit, it's completely encompassing in that way of how we approach fitness and health.
1: Yeah. And so so you met at the career day and uh, you realized that you were both uh, interested in, in health and fitness, I guess, because you were going to go to this event. The, was it the Rugged Maniac? Is that what you? It mean? was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at the time, David, you were you were running your gym and you were there on behalf of the gym. And Melissa, you were were you a prosecuting attorney at that time?
3: Yes, I was working as okay. a deputy prosecutor here in Washington County, Indiana
1: so then when did you decide to write the book that was yeah. uh, what 10 years ago or so when you when you uh, met no probably seven years ago
3: yeah we met you know at that time i started working out with david um we i i this is such an important event to me that it's on my calendar my anniversary at the gym and i celebrate it every year and we even do a special workout every year so we did our nine year workout anniversary uh, in april so this is just such a like we said it's your it's a personal revolution it really is and so it's so life life transforming for me that I mark it as any important anniversary. So we know it's nine years, um, but a couple years in after I started working out with David because he's just the next level as far as a fitness trainer uh, and a coach. I you know I, it just changed everything for me and I had mentioned to him. It wasn't just me, it was others that he coached. I said, We need to share what's going on in this gym. I mean, you are really talented, you're very skilled. And uh, he won't say it, but I will. Like, he has 100% success rate. If you do what he uh, guides you to do, you will be healthy and fit and strong. And I said, You know, I had an idea here or two very small ideas. And he said, Well, I want to write a book. And i said okay i mean that was really yeah. basically it and that began the process you know i turned to him he's the expert he's a, a fitness coach he's in the industry i'm a lawyer i'm not but i think that he thought of me as you know maybe writing skills and editor so we we collaborated um and and we worked on it for about four years because we're both busy professionals with families we would work an hour or two together here and there. It took a while to to complete it.
2: I think it's important to state that Melissa, you know, yeah, she's a great writer and stuff like that, that's important. But also I'm a little bit, um, as she mentioned next level or whatever, I don't have any brain as far as other than fitness, I don't mess with it. So I'm sort of uh, in a corner by myself, sort of. And she's not, she's uh, out there, mom, you know, professional lawyer, this, that, and the other, uh, and that's a, a world that I'm not accustomed to. I'm more of a, you know, I, I make a joke when I that used to run really, I used to run really fast and stuff like that and be up front of the, the 5K, 10K marathon, whatever, and we'd always talk about splits and whatever, interval training junk like that, and then, then as I got worse or older or whatever, I moved in back of back and talked you know, by started start talking about making cat, making their own cat food and stuff like that. I realized there's a difference in, in, uh, in seriousness towards uh, fitness that I was not accustomed to. I was in the elite, whatever, world, and then, but the right behind me was everybody else that I never even saw. And I don't mean that that Melissa, you know, uh, takes it passively. She doesn't. But, but, but. It's not a world that I'm used to. I'm uh, used you know, dealing with you know the better runners or stuff, people like that. But mm-hmm. I didn't mm-hmm. deal with the real world. So,
1: so, so David, so, when when you said to I, Melissa, think. I, I want to write, I want to write a book. What did you have in mind? Was it was it exactly what what you came what you actually turned out in you matter, or did you have something else in mind? <laughs>
2: It evolved, uh, let's put it that way. It took four years, she said said. Um, but it but through the discussion of uh, me being uh, you know, I only dealt with the you know, heroes or whatever and in, in, in real world, um, that it, it led down to four basics and that that's really as simple as it is, me being from nineteen seventy five is a long time ago, guys. Um, I've done the other stuff, and then what came down to the uh, uh, okay, let's get down to what what did I really do? What did I really accomplish over 40 years? You know, what did I really you know focus on? And it became four things: nutrition, you know, sleep, uh, lower stress, and exercise, and that's it, guys. I mean, everything else is nonsense, is too much work.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: let's get down to simple. Let's do let's do simple was it became what the book is, you matter. Let's well, do simple so we don't get complicated, because we, there's plenty of complicated stuff out there that you can't that takes about a week to read and you throw yeah. it in your dustbin. So well, let's, let's keep, what's
1: what's that's one thing I certainly appreciate about your book is that yeah, yeah you take a complex subject or what a lot of people turn into a complex subject and really make it put it into a a form that's easy to to understand easy to digest and that's relatable uh to to people's everyday lives you know it's not so much about the nuances of a diet or counting calories or you know making sure you do certain types of exercises i mean it really emphasizes you know um things that people can apply in their lives today uh, which which i think is is amazing so uh, one thing i'd like to i think talk about um, as we get into the book here is, I mean, in chapter one, you, you start out with the importance of having a, a support person, what you call a confidant. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? And Melissa, maybe I'll turn to you here for this, this question.
3: You will, but I, I almost want to give it back to David only because, uh, this is when he said we collaborated and, mm-hmm. and that um, he came from next level. I refer to myself as one of the mere mortals. You know, he does not understand why everyone doesn't get up and work out and do the work and watch their nutrition. I mean, he, when we talked and collaborated over those years, I offer the other perspective of this is why we can't get our kids picked up from school and then back to their activities and and still eat nutritious meals and take care of ourselves. So I kind of add that perspective. Uh, he introduced to me the idea of having a confidant, and he's mine, uh, and I'm lucky to have him. It's not always easy to find a person to serve this role. We've talked about this at length. Um, it's really a person that uh, is a, your coach, uh, not not your spouse, not your best friend, probably not your coworkers, um, someone who will be very honest with you, someone that will... Uh, Cut through the nonsense, as he says. If I come to him and present to him an issue that I'm having, either with an injury or why I can't get to the gym or um, struggles I'm having at the gym, either mentally or physically, um, he will uh, always advocate for me in a way that uh, keeps me on track. Um, if it's a, a good friend or your or your husband or wife, sometimes they have other distractions and they're not the expert and they're not always going to guide you in your fitness and health journey in the right way.
1: Would you say, and and David obviously is a a professional health coach, fitness coach, would you say it needs to be somebody with that kind of expertise or can it be somebody else?
2: No, it can be somebody else. I think what we talked about this recently in preparation for the podcast was what is a what is a good confidant for the junky junkie public? Does it always have to be some amazing fitness guy or whatever person? Um no, it depends on the person's goal. If it, you know, like we used an example of you know, I wanna quit smoking, or if everybody around you says I wanna quit that that's a great goal. That doesn't make them experts. Go you that's a great goal. You guys have a, you you've adopted that as your goal. I wanna quit smoking. For, for example, and then now we'll find somebody who is an expert for just that one goal. Can, like, you can have 15 different confidants. It don't, doesn't have to just be one. It can be, you know, someone who's great at nutrition, someone who's great at quit smoking, someone who's, you know, written social responsibility or whatever it might be. Um, it, though You don't have to identify one person entirely to take care of everything. Um shoot and scout around, find out someone who can advocate for you, for your goal, that would be done.
3: And, you know, Alex, I likened it to a, almost like a fiduciary relationship to make a, a legal analogy here. Um, I think David's good at it, um, and I can serve in this capacity I have have become that for others, just with my experience, and people come to me, and I feel so often like, what business do I have? Um but I think I offer the life experience um, mm-hmm. as not being the expert fitness uh, at fitness uh, that can really help people. Um And when I say that is if I were to suggest I was going to try some trendy diet or fad diet. David would cut me right to the quick and say, he'd question me, why are you doing that? Does that make any sense? What are your goals? What are you trying to achieve? Whereas your friend at the office might say something like, oh, that sounds fun. I want to lose a few pounds too. I'll do it with you. And they're not really uh, analyzing it critically and helping you. Uh, they might be joining in on a bad path with you. Um, and so... That's where someone who will be objective and really lead you in the right way, and it may even have to be kind of harsh with you at times about your goal, your goals you're setting. What goals you set are such uh, an important aspect of what we think about, um, and what I think reminds me of your, uh, you know, the purpose here of your podcast and philosophy of personal responsibility mm-hmm. uh, looking at the goals we set.
2: Well, it's and great, I think... okay to have a, a great, actually, great beyond okay uh, to have uh, your spouse, friends, whatever, coworkers agree with your goal, but then they, they, then they then discover if they're able to help you or not. If they are not, move on. Go find someone who is that's a great goal. Now go find somebody who's awesome at, at achieving that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, uh, David, you and Melissa complement each other really well and i think that the book is much better for it because at least partly why i relate to the book fairly well i think is because david you, you bring a lot of the expertise uh, you know about the goal setting and, and fitness and and nutrition but melissa you bring sort of that how do you incorporate these things into a, a, a lifestyle where where fitness and nutrition is not your day-to-day job it's not your Career. You have a professional life. You have a career outside of these things, and I think that's where lots of people struggle. And uh, you get into that quite a bit in the book. And uh, I think you try to set aside some of these misconceptions that that people have about um, you know how how do, how they can incorporate healthy living, healthy nutrition, and fitness into their into their life. So. Um, with that in mind, I guess, can you talk a little bit about about goal setting and and how people should go about that?
2: Uh, I think, you know, break it down into what you what, you know, you can you can do the analysis. You can identify 10 things that you'd like to move in, then pick and choose. Do You have the resources, you know, you need to have an, an enclosed argument that I want to achieve something um, have everybody around there that can help you on that. So they can actually do it because batting at it with the frustration, you know, cir- circle the thing and say, what do I need? And then move forward with whatever it is. It can be easy. It can be hard. But you have to have a circled wagon, you know, otherwise, otherwise you're going to get frustrated and you'll end up stopping and saying, no, it's, you know, it's my genetics or something. When, it, when it's actually, you just didn't have a full circle of help. mm mm-hmm.
3: What I've learned from David about goal setting, uh, and and we talk so much about in the book, is most people um, decide they're going to join a gym and they want to lose weight. And it, right there, David, I I can hear his voice in my head now. Right, would start breaking uh, breaking that down, and breaking it apart a little bit. Uh, why do you want to lose weight? What's the point of losing weight? Um, who cares what your weight is? Uh, why Why do you want to look good? Is it just because you want to look good in a certain outfit? He would really start uh, gently, but he would, he oh. would criti- be critical about that. And it's in a very important way of what you really want is health. You want a, a healthy blood pressure. You want a healthy blood sugar level. You want healthy cholesterol levels. Those don't sound very glamorous, but they're going to carry the day. And if you... Uh, uh, get set those as your goals. I want to be able to pick up my grandchildren and play with them at the park. I want to kayak with my friends. Those are goals. He's going to really uh, suggest or more uh, important goals to set. Um, they're, they're better goals and they really achieve what you what you need in life. And this is where I think um, so much of our philosophies overlap of the fitness industry, the beauty industry you want to be skinny you want to look young uh, it's not it's almost never you have to almost tune all of that out you have to think for yourself you have to think independently you have to know what you need in your own life and um not you really have to block out Almost everything you see in the media—it's bad advice. It's misguided. Mm -hmm. It makes—it's money making. And David touched on his business career, but as a purchase in purchasing, and as an engineer, like you see him apply those skills. Everyone's trying to sell you something and make you feel like you look bad, so you want to look differently. Um, If you have a confidant or read our book, right? Then uh, you think of things more like what you really want out of life. And that's to have energy and sleep well and be a good partner in your marriage and be able, be able to be there for your children. So that's what we look at when setting health goals.
2: Mm-hmm. One yeah, thing. I think... Oh, go book, ahead. David. I'm
3: sorry.
2: And the title of the book, um, if, if you look at it, the size of you is you matter you know, is the name of the book. Not, not some, mirror on the wall or some commercial on TV or some book that you want you you're the one that matters you know and I, you know, I use this example it's kind of a silly but at 2 a.m what's important to you size your biceps or your makeup or whatever or your heartbeat which one's important to you guys you know yeah. and that kind of narrows in the the goal setting it better be about you it better be you only if you're the only one left on earth what are you going to do you know you're going to take care of yourself are right? you know you're yeah. not going to look good. you're not going to comb your hair you're going to freaking have a heartbeat
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I think this uh relates melissa to your your analogy to the fiduciary you know a lot of times people will meet with financial advisors as as fiduciaries and they'll say well where do you see yourself in retirement and most people are like well with a big pile of money but that's not really what they want. They don't want the big pile of money, right, for its own sake. They want it so that they can travel, so that they can, you know, do the things they want to do. And that's it's that's it's helpful to sort of refocus your goals in that way, like like you said about your health. It's so that you can, you know, that you can do the, the day-to-day tasks that you want to do later into life, so that you're not, you know, disabled, so that you can be with your children, be active with your children and and not have the costs associated with not being able to, uh, to live. Um, and you talk about that in the book too, is sort of looking at your health, your fitness as an investment, right? Um, that some, 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 so often people say, "Ah, joining a gym or eating healthy food, it's, it's too expensive. Can, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how you sort of look at your, your fitness and your health as an investment?
3: Yes, you know I tell people I'll you can shut off my electricity before you can take away my gym membership, and I'm most mostly serious about that. Um, I it's it's critical to my everyday. Um, it, when people see us working out, especially if we're really training hard, so sometimes ask you know what are you training for, and it makes me think of of your show and your intro. Right, we're training for life. I'm, I'm training to live my daily life to be strong. Uh, and if I think we are people as professionals, we like to operate at a high level. And I think your listeners are often like-minded, uh, that are interested in the pursuit of, you know, personal fulfillment and betterment and being, being a leader for those in our lives. And if you're going to do that, you need to have a good night's sleep. You need to be healthy. You need to eat well. You cannot take care of your family if you're, if you're exhausted at the end of every day and you have to take lots of medication and you can't function, so honestly, it's uh, just it's critical. you matter. You've got to take care of yourself and your health in in the real ways that matter, not to um, skip eating or taking pills to get skinny because that doesn't make you stronger and fitter and you know improve your heart strength and your endurance. You've got to really get after it and take care of yourself to um, to compete in life and to um, to participate in life in a real way. Even when you're still young, you know. I mean, we're still all relatively young and healthy, but we need it. I I mean, I need to get my uh, I need to take care of my mental health at the gym and physical health.
2: I think one thing that's real important is you know you, you touch on it, the uh, economics. Is, is it an investment? Yes, it is. It's an investment is designed to pay back, right? Not be uh, an expense. An expense, you throw away money, um, and, and that's fine too. The uh, but if it's an investment, then does it pay you back? Do I go to the doctor less? Uh, we talked about this the other. Day. Which one uh, more? Uh, cost-effective, a healthy person on vacation or someone who's unhealthy on vacation has to 100% buy their entertainment, 100% buy everything, or you can go kayaking for for next to nothing or, you know, go hike or whatever for next to nothing. If you're healthy, you can do those things. It's very cheap in a way that's part of the investment piece. You pay... You know, uh, uh, some money to go to the gym or whatever like that, but it's very chunk changey because you can eat healthier. Uh, you don't have to eat repetitively because, you know, if you go to a fast-food restaurant, very likely within a couple hours you're hungry again. Uh, but if you eat healthy, it's four or five. You know, I eat sometimes. I eat, uh, I call it rural, uh, for breakfast or something like that, but heck, sometimes at three or four in the afternoon before I'm hungry again. Was it healthy food? Sure it was, but I didn't have to eat again in two hours. Did it cost a penny more? Probably. But but is it very cheap? Because I, I was able to extract more out of the energy that I put in my body. Um, it became very cheap. Very cheap. And then, by the way, I'm healthier, too. Yep. Is that not a win-win? Not <laughs> yep. the definition of win-win?
1: Yeah, I think I think it is for sure. Um, One thing I I like to and you've got a whole chapter on the economic aspect of of this. I think it's chapter five. I don't have the I think that's what it was. But uh, where you talk about the return on your investment and sort of changing people's mindset around money and and their personal, their health and and fitness. Uh, But one thing I'm I'm a big fan of uh, his name's Dr. Hyman. And he says, and I think you all convey this message in your book too, that that the goal is not necessarily to live forever, right? But it's to be young until you die. That, that's the way he puts it. It's, it's so that you can, can live your life. It's not just about surviving. The goal is, is to, to actually live and enjoy life and have a fulfilling life and a purposeful life. And you can't do that if you're not healthy, if you don't invest in your own health and well-being.
2: Well what's, wow. what's interesting is, is you're right. Um I the yeah, don't want to die, die at fifty and burn me at eighty. Um that's a problem. Uh, B we spend over ten thousand dollars per person per year in healthcare cost. That, that's expensive.
3: When uh, when I met David <laughs> Um one of the first things I remembered, uh he was he wasn't at the gym. <laughs> that morning uh, because he was out kayaking with Ann, a, a woman at the gym, and uh, Ann's in her 80s. So he had taken Ann out to the lake and had her in the kayak. And I thought, okay, that's a person I want to work with. Um, that's that's a person that would identify what really matters. Uh, for one, just the personal enjoyment she would have of that, which is the capabilities, um, uh, that she had at her, at her older age. And he, and she was doing deadlifts into her eighties as he continued to train her. And it gave her so much, uh, just, uh, joy, joy. And uh, it helped her mental, mental health very much <laughs> well. and physically. So, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. It's, uh, one of the chapters, I think it's right after economics is quality of life. And that's one of the really the most important. It's hard to ever say, but I, I, I my favorite changes every day. But it is about quality of life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's the the most important. I agree with you, Melissa. That that's really the the, the goal here uh, is is to improve your your quality of life and and hopefully the quality of life of, of those around you, especially if you have children, right? Because they'll and you talk about children in the book too. Uh, they'll often emulate what what you do and how you live. So it's it's a great way not only to change your own life but the lives of the ones you love, right? Um, you've got a chapter. I'm, I'm going out of order here a little bit, but you've got a chapter, chapter two about myths and untruths. And there are quite a few here. I don't I don't think we'll get to to all of them, but I'd like to talk about a few of them. Uh, one thing is that the first one you mentioned, a calorie is a calorie. You want to say a little bit about that?
2: Um, <laughs> um, uh, a calorie goes into a, a uh, broccoli calorie. is not the same as a sugar calorie. Um, your body doesn't isn't used to sugar. It, it, it finds sugar. You gave it to sugar, so it, it had to do something with it. It most likely moved to fat. <clears throat> but a broccoli calorie is something you use. So a calorie is not a calorie. Um, it, it, it may be the uh, uh, cause of, uh, you know, eat, eat so many calories per day, but <clears throat> can you use it? And most times, uh, if we eat junk, most times you cannot. And a and, uh, 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 fast food breakfast or something like that, as I mentioned earlier, and you're hungry two hours later. Um, did you get Did you extract all the calories you, know, you ate? You know, I don't know, 1,500 calories or something your McDonald's breakfast. Um, but did you use 1,500 calories, or did you basically waste all of it? And if I, ate, you know, 500 calories of gruel, and I'm good till three or four in the afternoon, it's far from the same thing. I ate fewer calories, but I got more out of it. So calories not calories.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, one yeah. thing uh, uh, one concept that always has kind of stuck in my head is this idea of nutritional density too, right? It, it's not just about the calories yeah. like you're saying. There there's nutrition associated with those calories too. There are other things, right? In terms of vitamins and minerals and uh, essential, you know, um amino acids and things like that. Right. So not all food is created equal. And just like, you know, not all calories are created equal. Is that, is that fair the importance
3: of it and attacking it in the myths and untruths is every day. And these are the things I offer today, but because I'm, a, I'm in the back of the marathon runners. In fact, I'm not even there, but if I were there, I'd be in the back <laughs> with those talking about shopping for cat food or something. But um Everyone is everyone it seems struggles with weight it's it's an epidemic in our country and i it it's the focus on it is is misplaced, I think, but there is some it's all that people seem to focus on I want to be thinner, I want to look different, and then they start counting calories manning calorie, calories micromanaging everything they eat and all all these varieties of diets and there's a couple of things about that, just like we said. I I've never I don't count anything that I eat. David doesn't either. Haven't have for years and years. It's just eat good food, eat healthy good food, fruits and vegetables, uh, natural foods and you can eat what you need and eat when you're hungry and it, it's very simple. Like we uh, keep coming back to what's simple. Um things that are packaged from a store, they're trying to sell you stuff. They don't care about nutrition as a purchasing agent as David worked they it's not even food they do everything they can to make it cost effective to make a buck off you and give you something that's not even food so when you go back to your own personal responsibility of of thinking for yourself and assessing for yourself what would make good if you cared about your own health and that's just eat good food and um, so that's what leads people down all these really bad paths I think I've never it's not that it's even attacking them for not eating right it's just They're never achieving their goal and then they're never happy and they don't know why, you know, and it's like, if if you work with a confidant that talks to you about your nutrition or read our book and think about it in those ways, then you start thinking about eating, just eating good food. If you can't do it for 30 years, don't do it right? So the diets, the crazy plans, the highly restrictive, the micromanaging, you just need to live life and not think about what you're going to eat every day, uh, other than just planning healthy, nutritious foods. And so that's why it's important to, you know, stop all all the of approaching nutrition and health in, in these misguided ways that the industry, it's the industry that's pushing it. And that's what's so uh, disheartening, even doctors, you know, sometimes even the medical profession is not guiding us in the right way.
2: Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Uh, the component of, of that is if they advertise, this is kind of, let make it simple. Look, I love simple. Um, if they advertise it, there's a reason for it. Someone paying for it, someone wanting you to do something that you don't want to do necessarily, but they're trying to convince you of it, that you need it. You'll die without it for some reason or another. Um if they, if you hear that question, you know why? Why are you even listening to that? How many commercials have you had for broccoli? None, <laughs> none, right? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Uh, and but everybody knows that broccoli is good for you. Well, how many commercials have you had for yogurt? Thousands. Um, is that good for you? Any ever, ever good for you? So you know, kind of hit, is, is, in the education world, be it make it simple. If you mm-hmm. shop around the grocery store and be done, don't even, don't even go down the advertising aisle. And it's interesting too, if you go into a grocery store, everything that's canned or boxed has a label that an artist had put together for it, to paid money to keep, to make enticing. But again, pick on broccoli or onions or junk like that, that are sweet potatoes that you're in bulk bin, has no advertising. Why, you <laughs> know, how did they, you know, are they lying to you? And the answer is yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think.
2: Yeah, just accept that yeah. and be done.
1: And to, to that point, I, I think a good strategy that that works for me anyway is that a, a rule of thumb is that most of the good food is on the outside of the, the grocery store, right? And the stuff in the middle you have to be more careful about.
0: Or,
2: or,
1: avoid. <laughs> or avoid entirely, right? Why? Yeah. Um, one thing, and, and this, I think, is coming back to your point a little bit, Melissa. That uh, you know, food is certainly imp- important, but it, it, this is not a a singular focus. I mean, we, we need a more of a holistic approach. People need a more holistic approach to their to their health, to their wellness. Um, a lot of people try to either focus solely on diet or solely on exercise, and and you've got a section in here you can. Uh, as a myth, you can exercise your weight off, and that's just not really true, is it?
2: Really far from true, actually. You know, yeah. uh, I rode. Uh, you know, I have a rower over to the club. Concept Two rower rode ten thousand meters. It took me forty-eight minutes, and I was, I was sweating like crazy. I would about two twenty pace or something like that for five hundred meters. Um at the end of it, I did five, at, at the end of 48 minutes, I did 542 calories, uh, a Big Mac, what, seven or 800 calories. <laughs> so, you know, one Big Mac wiped out what I did in 48 minutes. So can you exercise it off? Not a chance. If you run on a treadmill, walk on a treadmill, 150, 200 calories, tops, it doesn't matter how fast you run, it doesn't matter how slow you walk. You're not going to, you know, walk five miles a day. Good deal. You just did about 1,000 calories, a big mac and a half.
3: <laughs> yeah, and this is from a gym owner. David will yeah. tell you, uh, people come into the gym, they want to lose weight. <clears throat> That's what everyone says. And um, he will tell you, you don't lose weight in the gym. Uh, you lose weight by nutrition, better nutrition. And if nu- losing weight's even an accurate goal, it may mm-hmm. not be. I first started working out with David, I gained ten pounds, and he thought that was great. I mean, he high fived me, but I had more muscle, and it, it was a great it was a great thing. So, that goal in and of itself isn't isn't a good one, and um, it doesn't happen at the gym. Uh, it, it it's it's a component. It can be right if you build muscle, and um, right your it enhances your metabolic conditioning, and you know scientifically it can enhance. Uh, weight loss, but it won't, it won't out, 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 uh, run past a bad diet. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Make it uh, a little bit of a, a telling on the gym industry, which I'm a member of. Uh, it started out in the roughly the 70s or something. I want to be like on Schwarzenegger, bigger biceps, bigger thighs, you know, lats and junk like that. Uh, that, and that sold, that's what they used to sell the gym on um, in the 80s, 90s and where people started getting obese, you know, even up to today. And the gym said, I, you know, in order to make money, I need to sell this as a weight loss competitor uh, to Jenny Craig or what have you. So they went down that road and they stayed on that road because they've made a lot of money from that. But it's, it's not mathematically possible that you can do that. You can lose weight just in the gym. You can keep your bad diet and go exercise it off. No, you won't. It, you'll, you'll, you'll gain fat this is what will yeah. actually happen to you.
3: Yeah. And again, the point of, I'm not
2: going to lie to you.
3: Yeah. The point of uh, attacking that is more uh, because we see so many people uh think I'll join a gym and then everything will be fixed. Um, and it's better to, if you come into it with that with a myth, just starting out with an inaccurate assumption, you're not going to find the success you want, and it's not going to help you become healthier, which is really what people should be achieving. So um, it, that is why we point these things out, because we repeatedly see, I see it um, as one who's not in the fitness industry, and David sees it at the gym, people uh, seeking the wrong goals or having uh, misguided Wait, and, and the problem, right? David says this all the time. Uh, you're never going to be any younger than you are this minute. So you spend another six minutes, or another six months, joining a gym, piddling around at the gym, stopping at McDonald's on the way home, and you're making no progress. And in, in fact, it's getting worse. And then you lose. Uh, it's not to make be critical of people. It's it's sad to see that a person, if you don't have a confidant or learn some good information then you're still, you, you want it. You just don't know how to get it. And you're not realizing how, where your path should be corrected to really achieve the goals you want. Um,
1: mm-hmm. And this really comes full circle back to the, to the beginning of our discussion about goal setting and having the right, the right goals. You know, that person that comes in and says, I want to lose weight. Eh, that's probably not really what they want. If you dig, dig down deeper, Uh, like you said, Melissa, you may, you may in fact gain weight. If you're, if you're putting on muscle, you're getting stronger, but I think oftentimes too, people who whose goal or stated goal anyway, is just to lose weight often set themselves up for failure.
3: They do. And I, uh, on the flip side of that, you know, there is a lot of good news out there too. And people that do set good goals and join a gym and, and, work do intense workouts and uh, modify their nutrition if i've I've had friends over the years and i know david's seen it too as a gym owner they don't even care anymore if you're if you're strong i I don't i don't have a scale i weigh myself once a year at the doctor office uh, at the doctor's office If, if i can go for a run if i can go for a long hike if I can carry my kayak out to the lake, if I can load it up on top of the car, if I can help my kids onto the monkey bars, I know that I'm where I need to be. And it doesn't matter what the number says. And that's against what all the fitness industry tries to make you think. Um, And it's, it's not just that you should feel that way, you do. You feel good, you feel strong, you feel capable, you feel healthy and you find yourself I've heard so many people say, I put my bikini on now, and I look about the same, and I don't care because I feel great. It it really changes. You get self-esteem, which is one of our chapters. It impacts your self-esteem and your competence, and then your outlook changes. You do move away from the facade and and the vanity of uh, media and fitness industry that just leads you down all those bad paths because they don't care about you, uh, you care about yourself. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think, and we've, I, I really love this chapter too, because it's, it's loaded with lots of, you just take head on a lot of the misconceptions that people have about health and fitness. One that I see or hear a lot, uh, because people, my age are starting to have children is. Uh, we can't do it. We just can't do it because our kids won't eat this or that. Can you talk a little bit about how to incorporate your kids, how to get them on board with this sort of lifestyle?
2: Well, I think the easiest way is to start with the in diapers. Um, never deviate from it. If, when you go down the uh, commercial path, uh, trappings, the Happy Meals, or whatever like that. And I'm, I'm picking McDonald's. Should do that. The uh, 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 if you go down the path of, of treats, go and and I use this example too. I was in Japan back in '95, um, and and they have, you know, went to a grocery store in Japan, and they had the same stuff as we do at, our, at checkout counter, um, candy bar. We use candy bars and 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 whatever candy basically to get you know that last second sale. They do the same thing in Japan. The only difference, is, I saw some probably four-year-old kid, I didn't speak Japanese, I, was, I don't speak Japanese at all, The uh, but was, was screaming at his mom that he that the kid wanted something right there. And I looked at it because mom told him no, just like we do here. You know, Mom told him no, put it back, You know, put it back, you don't need it or something. I picked it up a little. It was a, a rice, rice cracker wrapped by seaweed that this kid was screaming about. That's where you start not by, you know, k- kowtowing to, well, you want know, a Snickers bar, and then, well, you know, to shut the kid up, I'll just go ahead and buy it. You're asking for problems and right right then and there. They're 40 years old, so don't ever let them go down that path. You know, when the, you know at the checkout counter that they're going to have trappings there, Avoid to figure it out, you know, think about it in advance that if that's going to happen to a hundred percent of every parent. It doesn't matter what country you're in. Um, it's going, it's going to be a trapping going to be there. So accept it or throw, you know, figure something out for the kid so that it, it, it doesn't take you a few seconds to think about that. Yeah, it does. You know, so it, it, it you had a lifetime of, of not having this kid drive you nuts, right, it, for those few seconds that you thought about the answer. So take take time, deal with those few seconds. It's going to happen 100% of the parents out there, promise you.
3: <laughs> yes, I can speak to that. It's, it's yeah. hard. Um, when we wrote this book, right, my children were younger, it, you know, one of the things is my, my children don't have a car and they don't have a, a debit card and they can't go to Kroger and pick out the groceries. So if you just remind yourself, right, that uh, you control what's inside of your home. So what's accessible in the house, What what's stocked in the shelves, what's in the cupboard. So stocking it with healthy options, healthy snacks. Um, of course, everybody needs a treat sometimes. Um, so that is part of it. Then I've now transitioned into my, I don't have as much control, right? Our children go to friend's house, they can go to school and select some things. So my children are having some things I disapprove of. Uh, Having a soda is a big deal in my house. I think it's up there with a high crime and I'm a prosecutor, but, um, and, and everyone around us, I mean, you, one of our points of our book and having a confidant and all of the influences around you where you have to be, right, think of personal responsibility and be independent thinker. Everyone acts like I am so strange. My children don't have sodas. I don't let them have it. I don't have it in the house. I don't like it. I speak against it. Uh, if they bring one home that they had when they were out with a friend, I I don't try to control what they think. Um, and I, I know I heard your Mother's Day episode, right, about mothers not. I, I love that very much. I let my children, I'm teaching them to think on their own and make their own decisions. But I will say you know, that's not a healthy choice. And I wish that you would choose that even on your own. And I hear them talk to their friends. They're not perfect, right? They'll, they'll get a Coke. If you'll give it to them, they'll, they'll, they'll love it. If you take them to McDonald's, they'll love it, but I'll yell at you. Uh, but they, um, they talk about it they'll say my mom always chooses organic vegetables we always have lots my mommy doesn't let me have a sprite except maybe once a year or so i hear them say it so i think playing the long game with your children and modeling good behavior they see it developing habits you know if i'll say okay you had a coke it was the party i under you know you enjoyed that let's always remember to drink water daily, and just kind of help them establish habits. It's easy to ignore, I think, in children. Many don't struggle with weight. Some do. But it's it's easy to let it slide. Um, but I think it's so important not to. Uh, if they're developing habits, they're going to be 20 years old trying to figure out how to how to not start diabetes medication if you don't get them on the right path with those habits and educate them.
2: I think that you will hit on it. Very important thing to think of in the long term. Um, I just did a, a, a Spartan race on Sunday with my daughter who's 21 and this is probably her ninth or tenth Spartan. I've done about 19 of them um, and she 21 so she started when she was 13. I actually lied on her uh, uh, signing her in at the, at the Spartan race saying that she's a year old because you have to be 14 to do a Spartan. She was 13, and uh, I said she's 14, <laughs> so, so, but but, but she did her ninth one just, just a couple days ago. Does Is that, is that worthwhile to, to think the long term when she was five and something? Yeah, it is because now I, I don't even worry about my daughter's um, health because they're going to do smart things. Now, I already know that. And I started. I started when they were diapers. Yes, I did. Um, is it worthwhile? Yes, it is. It's you know, it, it sets them up for a lifetime of success. It is not the point of being a parent. You
1: know. Yeah. yeah, I, th- I think modeling. Yeah, modeling the the good decision making, the good lifestyle. I think children are are smarter than we give them credit for, uh, and I think you know. they 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 will pick up on that and not only see that it benefits you as their parent, but also benefits them. And, and hopefully they understand the why, you know, behind the type of lifestyle. And I, I think there, there's a lot of trust that has to happen there. You you can't force them to do certain things. Um, like you said, Melissa, when they're on their own, with their if they're with friends, et cetera. But hopefully that why sticks with them and, and your example sticks with them. So I, I've gone through a few of the myths, but you've got quite a few here. I don't want to give away the whole book. People will have to read the book, uh, for sure. But Melissa, you mentioned, uh, self-esteem and, uh, having a healthy s- self-esteem. And I, I think, like you said, being able to do the things you want to do really raises your self-esteem. You talked about loading a kayak under the vehicle or, or, you know, taking it to the lake, um, but those sorts of things don't mean that you don't still encounter struggle, right? Uh, inevitably, there are going to be people who try to downplay your way of life or, or say, why aren't you just consuming the product we're consuming or living the way we're we're supposed to live? You want, you want to talk a little bit about that?
3: I think that… I think I say this on every topic, right? I'm like, this is the most important point, but this is such a strong point in the book. Um, and we talk about, I, I encounter it daily. I would just about say every day I step foot out of my house. And um, I don't know if David does as much. He's in, he's running at the front of the pack with the marathoners and running a gym, but being, uh, you're you're against the grain. It feels like constantly going against the grain. And that is, you know, being an independent thinker, valuing your own health um, and thinking about what advances your own health and prioritizing yourself, you will find yourself living very differently than those around you. And it, for one, it just baffles me every day. If I'm not giving my children Mountain Dew and people are asking me why, instead of, and I'm not going to do this because we want to have friends and be nice to our friends, but I don't say, why are you... Giving your five-year-old Mountain Dew—that's an astonishing thing to me. And you know, just just based on the sugar and the health the health impact. So if you're not if you're feeding your children healthy meals, what, they're asking you why. Why aren't you getting them uh, happy meals? If mm-hmm. uh, I bring my lunch every day and I'm planning meals every day and I'm always saying no to the run out for treats, um, I'm, I'm almost always on my own just all all my decisions of, of food. I go to the gym every day at lunchtime. I do have f- friends that have gone with me and that's wonderful, uh, but usually people are spending their time differently. And um, most of my habits are just very different from those around, you, around me. So the part about self-esteem is one, we wrote a chapter on that, one, so you expect it. If you start lifting weights and you go to Thanksgiving dinner, Your grandmother might say, women ought not to be lifting weights or, you know, have some opinion about why you're lifting weights or um, you don't have to be so fanatical. You know, people have comments constantly about your decisions. Um, Why aren't you having hot dogs uh, at the cookout? Why are you choosing something differently? It's all day, all the time. Uh, So you've got to just develop your own inner strength to be convicted in what's important to you. And, um and and so that's why we, we address that. I, I see it so often. It, it's hard. You want to go out for drinks. And I'm not saying you can't have a drink, but, you know, just some of the go out for the smoke break or go out for drinks every night or uh, get the fast food at lunch with friends. Um, there's a social component to all of that. And you really have to be strong uh, and have self-esteem. And it, before you get it, because it doesn't come in the beginning. For one, you may not be expecting it. You, When you're making good choices, you don't know why people are working against you, but it makes other people feel maybe you're, uh, you think you're better than them or you're critical of their choices and you're not. You're just making your own personal decision to make a change. Um, and so you'll find a lot of resistance and a lot of pushback and being prepared for it lets you know it's not you, it's nothing you're doing wrong. Stay the course. Having the confidant helps you. And over time, right, then you develop, you end up making friends that are like-minded as well. You don't have to lose your friends that, that have different habits, but you'll kind of find camaraderie at the gym or, or where in your Spartan workout group or um uh, people you kayak with who also uh share some of the same uh, outlook so that's why it's really important to think about it um it's a it's a strong reason why people fail
1: yeah i think i think it's good that you pointed out in the book because i think people sometimes underestimate this point and how strong <laughs> the social pressure is because there are some people who unknowingly will offer you a piece of cake even though you don't want it because they don't know that you know, that that you don't want to eat the cake. But there are others who go a step above, they offer you the cake, because they want you to fail. I mean, it it even goes that far. Sometimes they want to drag you down to their level to to sort of be miserable with them, because they don't have the discipline to live that lifestyle. Have you seen? that?
3: Oh, yes, they do. They, um, it, um, it intimidates people you're close to. And I think I've seen it in Spouses, marriages, relationships. Um, if you make positive changes, and um, I, I think it can make people around you kind of feel insecure that you're going to mm-hmm. think you're you're better than them, or it's going to be a a divide between you, so it's it's it makes people uncomfortable. Um, over time, I think if you stay the course and you stay healthy, and people see, oh, this is just working well for her, and she's not changing, and she's still my loving partner or friend, um, and then they might even come to you, and you may be a confidant for that person. So it, I think you get through that tough that tough component of it, but in the beginning, it can be very influential for those who are newly transitioning into prioritizing their health. Uh,
1: So we've uh, obviously we're not going to cover everything in your book. We want to leave enough information out there so people actually read it because us talking about it doesn't doesn't do it complete justice. Uh, But I'd like to talk about a few more things, if that's okay with with you all. we, there's a chapter in here about failure. Actually, it's just called Fail. Uh, you want to say a little bit about that?
2: I think it's really important. That's kind of my, well, um, if you go to the gym or if you go to life and you just do, you stay in the course of what you can do, you never grow. You never, and then and most likely, and, and, and it, those who succeed in business or whatever, absolutely have failed 10 times to their one success. So if you're afraid of failure, you only want to succeed, very unlikely you'll get ahead. So you have to go, you have to get outside yourself. You have to go outside the comfort zone to make a change. And that's the same in the, in the gym. The uh, obvious answer is, you know, for me to do. I remembered, uh, uh this will tell myself a uh, uh, power clean. Um, I, was, I could not get a 135 pound power clean, save myself. Um, I figured it out, once I figured out what the problem was, why I did not, cause I, I failed for seven or eight, 10 years to get above a 135 pound power clean. I figured it out, I was much older, I was 10 years older, and I went to 165 pound power clean after I figured it out. Hmm. So the idea of uh, giving up, I'm only gonna do it within, within myself. I stop at 95 pounds. You know, going on into the world of fail, let me achieve 165. Um, in business, it's the same thing, or in life, it's the same thing. You fail ten times over one success. You know, so if you if you're afraid of that, if you want to stay in your comfort zone, then you, you probably will get ahead.
3: David taught me this concept. I did not understand it for a long yeah. time. That we started working together. Um, And one distinction he'll make is good failure and bad failure. You know, if you set a goal to get skinny and join a gym and you never go and you just fail, well, that's a bad, that's bad failure. You you just, you had the wrong goal. You know, you you need to restart over, but good failure are kind of like what he described. And, you know, recently I'm working on a goal right now with David, you know, it's a workout goal, lifting a certain weight. And it's with rucking and, um, We've been working on it, and I have failed, and um, but I'm I'm getting closer and closer. So, you know, I had a goal of getting a certain number. Well, I I got it two or three times, and so I didn't meet the goal, Um, but I did it a few times. If I just kept doing what I can already do, I'd just remain the same. I will get that. I, I really have no doubt in that. It's just gonna take some time. Um, and the point is not just, you know, it's nice to grow and be outside of your comfort zone. Those are just nice things to do as a as a a person striving for success, but it has real value in that if in fitness and strength, right? What it's the sharpening the irons. If I'm going to go to that gym and lift 50 pounds every day for the next 10 years. Maybe that's okay, but um, it, I'm not going to get stronger. I'm I'm going to lose some of. I'm not going to continue to to have the benefits of my health. So I'm getting stronger and stronger all the time because I keep failing at new things I'm trying. It's very difficult for people that join the gym, um, especially those of us who like to be operated at a high level and do things we're good at. We look foolish. We feel foolish. We make Goofy mistakes. We, uh, you know, we look a mess, you know, a a lot of times back there working out, trying new, new goals. And so you have to kind of get past the fact that you need to show up and do, do really well. If you can do really well, uh, the first thing David's going to do is change what you're working on (laughs) because that means it's no longer a challenge for you. So getting really comfortable with failure uh is is not easy and and understanding the point of it is not obvious or it wasn't to me uh, now it seems that way as it's been such a benefit but um it just stands in the way of people succeeding or trying at, mm-hmm. at getting stronger or fitter or healthier
2: i think yeah. it's a huge boost to your self-esteem if you can do what you used to not be able to that all of a sudden you can it pops your self-esteem up, and that's a worthwhile uh, goal to have, is your self-esteem as high as possible. And it, it's only through failure that you can achieve that kind of a, a self-esteem boost. If you just stay within yourself, you do what you can do, you'll never, you know, you always make the brownie mix out Duncan Hines, you know, pick it on them, or to avoid homemade because they may not taste as good. Well, then maybe you just need to figure it out. And then now, now you've made a healthier brownie or whatever it is. You just you, yeah on everything on everything just go 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 a little bit beyond what you're used to so that you can grow. Growth is never a bad thing.
1: Yeah, yeah I think this is an, an extremely important concept, <laughs> not just in health and wellness and fitness, but in in so many areas in life. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a willingness to fail to challenge yourself but not a complacency you know you not not an acceptance of failure and and, and uh, uh, you don't want to just stay where you are and uh, this reminds me of a, of a quote i was trying to think of it while we were talking here and, and i just looked it up it's a michael jordan quote that you've probably heard uh, i've missed more than 9000 shots in my career i've lost almost 300 games 26 times I've been trusted to take the game winning shot and missed. I failed over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. And I just thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly captures the, the point of this chapter. I think in, in your book about being that willingness to fail, but to, to push forward.
3: David will say, um, I think he's quoting Bobby Knight when he says it. right. It's my job to watch the scoreboard. Uh, so, what, as for me, one of the mortals coming to the gym who's just going to work out for an hour or 45 minutes an hour a day, I'm not going to run a marathon. Um, well, I don't, that's just not a goal I've set. But if I show up every day and I, um, it, uh, you know, in some classes, you'll keep score of who came in first, second, or third. And I joke, but it's true. I've gone to gyms all over southern Indiana, and i have usually come about last. Uh, and people think I'm being humble or funny. I'm not. I usually come about in last. But, you know, what's happened is I've gone to the gym, and I've come in last every day for over nine years. And so what's resulted is I'm fit and strong. Um, and so I, I can't lose I'm trying and trying, and it doesn't. It's not demoralizing. I, you know, I'm working out with 23-year-old athletes and things, so it, it's fine. I, I'm, but what's happened in the process is I've gotten really fit, and so that's that's the worst news of it. <laughs> <If you're laughs> Stay in
2: your comfort zone, you'll you'll you know I'm not going to succeed. You know, you're okay with that. You're okay with not optimizing anything. But if you're willing to fail, you, you, you sky's the limit, guys.
1: <laughs> now, we've talked a little bit, and I think it's becoming evident, that you know if you read any one of these chapters in isolation, your book may not be uh, necessarily – it'll be beneficial, but not as beneficial if you read the whole thing because it's really a holistic approach, right? And it, whether that's this conversation about failure or self-esteem or diet and exercise, it, it really all – is related and you've got a, a chapter at the end about motivation and really answering that that question of why and, and i know we talked about this at the beginning but i think it's important to to talk about it here close to the end of the conversation too um, you, you mind to say a little bit about this motivation chapter and, and this question of why
3: Well, you know, and I think in in your podcast, I've I've always listened and you you quote other books that you follow and philosophies that have influenced you. And, um, you know, the the Atomic Habits are one that is, I think every human being should read. It's about developing habits. Uh, I walk into the gym almost every day at noon or real close to it. And about half the time I come in and say, I don't feel like doing this. I'm Seriously, I, I would love to just take a break. I'd love to just sit at my desk and have to have something to eat. Um, so I walk in there kind of sluggishly, not really quite in the mood, um, but I, I just show up. And then I have a workout, and I, I feel incredible the rest of the day. By getting four or five in during the week, I go home at the end of the week feeling strong and fit. I'm sleeping well at night. It Mentally, it helps me deal with stress. There's a lot of stress in our profession. So the motivation is not going to some days I can't wait to go to the gym because I do love it. Um, but many days because I, I'm i not uh, like David, I, I've got children, I've got a profession, I'm managing my home and need to do a lot of other chores and just mundane things that could keep me from spending that hour. Um, so don't rely on just motivation. Just make it a habit um, of every day and that consistency. I, I never win in the competitions. I'm not a, a great athlete. It's fine. What's happened is by going every day, you know, most days for nine years is I'm fit. I've maintained good health. Um, and so that's that's what you've just got to rely on. It's like brushing my teeth. I brush my teeth. I, uh, you know, water the plants or feed the dog or the things I do every single day and go to the gym is one of them.
2: I think sometimes you have to, you know, as a gym owner or whatever like that is, is when she comes in the, the door and says I don't want to tell one wall walk or something like that, have to use use humor to uh, skip over the nonsense because you know what you know, she walked in the gym or she walked into life or she walked into something. Um they don't want. I've never seen someone who says, I, "I want to uh, go to walk into my door. I want to leave worse than I came." I've never had anybody do that. So, what's in the way? Get it out of the way for them uh, so they can move forward. That's what confidant does for you. Kind of circle back to that. Is you really wanted to quit smoking. You really wanted to go to the gym. You really and and now you're making these excuses up. Somebody needs to stop that and, and shove that and you know out of the way for you, so that you can step ahead and and do what you sought to do, or make progress toward
3: what you sought to do. Yeah, if you engineer it into your daily life, right? David has taught me this, right? He had like engineering background, and, yeah. and and whenever we hit obstacles. He will engineer around it. And I apply that principle to, right, I've got my gym clothes in my desk. I've got my shoes in my car. I've got, everything's automated. I really just have to change my clothes and go there. And he's got the workout plan. So if you really uh, engineer it into your daily life, it's as uh, methodical as brushing your teeth and the things you do each day. Um, You don't have to rely on everyday motivation, but then uh, going and having Successes and feeling good uh, actually then does lead to the motivation to go again. Every time I leave the gym, I can't wait till tomorrow. I, that's, I leave it thinking I can't wait till we try what we're going to do the next day. So it's it, the success builds upon itself.
2: You know, I, I think that one factor, uh, uh, not just the gym, but in life too, is the diversification of, of what you do. So you know, you know, if you just get in a mundane habit, you you kind of lose motivation. But if you mix it up crazily, um, it don't matter. You know you, you can do whatever you want. But then if you if it, you don't know, it's the unknown that keeps, keeps you turning the page. You're you know of life. Uh, what what don't you know? What's going to be on the next one? You know what what this. I think up next or whatever like that What life will throw at me next, that keeps you moving forward. And that's it. And well,
1: I think there's, there's a, there's a fitness uh, advantage to that as, as well too, because it keeps your body, your body doesn't adapt to particular exercises and, and things like that. If you mix things up. So it it's helpful with motivation, but also with, with fitness to, to mix things up and to your point too, Melissa, I think it's, it's a great point that, you know, once you do it enough, once it becomes a habit, that takes sort of the pain point out, out of every day of making the decision to go because it, you've just been habituated to doing it. It's just a part of your life and you're less likely to, to fail or to quit. Uh, if it, if it's just, you know, part of your life and and it almost second, second nature, just to put on your gym shoes and, and go.
3: It is. And I think you find, right. We. Did point out sometimes you're working against the grain and you might think that oh it's hard to work out at lunch or hard to take the time, but what I've found is uh, it's it kind of opens up everyone's support. Um, if I in my office if I'm not heading out to the gym but twelve oh five everyone's asking are you heading to the gym? If I didn't show up at the gym, Jim would or David would call me and say where are you? I expected you to be at the gym. Uh, every, everyone I work with, and you're one, would say, "Don't call Melissa at 12:30. She's at the gym." Like life, it, everything falls into place to support this commitment I've made because I've showed I'm committed to it, and I won't deviate from it. And everything falls around it. So uh, it builds. It builds upon uh, on your commitment. If you do decide to make the changes, prioritize yourself. Uh, and stick to it. I think you'll find um, that the rest of the those around you seem to uh, kind of work in favor of supporting that decision.
1: Mm-hmm. I, think, well, yeah, I think that's true. Important oh, go thing. ahead, David.
2: Go ahead. Sorry. Um, is, is if you're a healthier minded, your healthier lifestyle, your day just got extended. You're not. You're not. Tired at at five thirty to where you just got to go to bed. You're just done. You just need to you just need to decompress. Well, you're if you're healthy, you don't need you don't have that. It's fine to decompress. I'm not against decompression decompression, uh, but if you're don't have to, uh, is it, is a wonderful thing that you you can go. You know, it, it's 5:30, but the you know daylight saving time, something like that, gave us an extra hour of daylight. Let's go for a hike, or let's go for a run, let's do something. Let's go for a bike ride, or whatever you wanted to do. Go grocery shopping, or whatever you wanted to do. It becomes available for you now if you if you're healthy to begin with. If you're not healthy, I've seen people who at 5:30, boys, they just they head to the couch. They got turned to you know, five ten. Kid, bring me the remote because I can't. I'm too tired to go get it myself. Well, that's crazy. Um, how you gonna How you're gonna do that day after day, seven days a week, three six five days a year? That would be fun. Um, so if you're healthy, you can do m- multiple, multiple, multiple things, and, and you can give up when you're ready to give up and sit down and watch your you know your, your your DVR or whatever you do. Um, You you can sit down at that point when you choose to, versus you have to because you're not healthy and you just had to sit down because it's just over with. Boy, I had a hard day. I wipe sweat off my brow so I can sit and do nothing. No.
1: Yep. Well, David and Melissa, I've uh, skipped around a little bit here, and we certainly haven't covered everything in the book. But is there anything that we didn't cover that you thought? we just have to cover this uh you know in our conversation
2: uh, one thing you know again and i appreciate actually i say appreciate you didn't cover exercise that but i do think it has a value uh in and that that you don't have to go to the gym and, and or wherever you want to and, and knock yourself out you can stay i call it a great perceived effort which is a, a personal training acronym or rpe um choose in your life choose whatever the world you're comfortable with and then stay there you're, you're gonna get better but once that becomes easy then the next level will be, that used to be a like i'm picking on rpe a, of a five or six or something like that uh, if that's your choice uh you can move up to what you and i'm in the world of exercise you can power clean some, you know, whatever the thing is, um, at one twenty five an RPE is six. Well, if that becomes easy for you, and now it might be one forty five might be an RPE of six. If you just ride it, you know, stay put. You know, if that's if that's your comfort level, stay there. I don't care. But but you're gonna improve. You're gonna find that you can make something more difficult in that same RPE, but perceived effort.
3: Sorry, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah. Another Melissa,
1: I, would, I just, sorry, I, I was uh, about to talk over you there, but uh, mm-hmm. did you, I guess, going back to, to the question about, you know, was there anything that we didn't cover that you thought was, was essential to cover in the conversation? Obviously, I'm going to point people to your book. I'll certainly link to it in the show notes so that people can can find it and, and buy it and hopefully read it. Uh, but if there's anything you thought that was essential to the conversation that you, you'd like to add? Uh, well, please, you've please. done a
3: great job of interviewing us, So, uh, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to talk about any of these subjects. So just one other thing I would bring to mind, another thing I see so frequently, uh, right? I'm 50. I turned 50 in October. Uh, David's older than I am. <laughs> um, but what I noticed, and this is um, in, in, it's combined issue of, Sometimes it's at the medical office, uh, or just society in general. There, there's some realities of uh, people have health issues, or aches and pains, or knee injury from high school, or a shoulder injury from work. All of these things are true and real, and they keep people from taking care of themselves. And it's, I wish I could stop everyone around me from giving into that. And this is where you know into our shared philosophy, your philosophy of thinking independently and uh, your own personal responsibility and pushing back against the industry and the and media that's telling you differently. If you're injured, you don't sit on your couch. If you're tired and and older and worn out, you don't sit on your couch. David taught me this, the, the problem uh, with too much rest isn't more rest. Right, You don't need to rest more. Everyone needs a good night's sleep. You need downtime, but stop letting that stop you from being physically active and taking care of your health. Uh, I've seen David work and other trainers and or other confidants. You can work with people at any level. So many friends won't go to the gym with me because they think they're not fit enough. Either they're too overweight or they have injuries. I have an injury right now. No one knows it. David knows it. it. It's nothing. It's things we're just working on, and you can always rehab through it. You don't sit at home. You work on different parts of your body. You work on stretches at the gym that can help uh, ameliorate that injury and get you back to being active. So I see people at, at middle age just give up and think it's not for them. That's my joke with David. I should just start walking in the mall, you know, and because – And I just I hate to see that tendency. It's a myth and it's a misnomer. And it it hurts so much of us from having a high quality of life throughout the next years by not um, your doctor. If I went to my doctor right now and told her, uh, you know, something was hurting, she'd probably tell me to stay home from the gym for two weeks. I would absolutely ignore that advice. And I'm not giving advice here to others, but what I know is I need to go and I need to work with my trainer and my confidant to continue to stay committed to being active and healthy. So I, I would love to see people not give in to that. It's just it's pervasive in society and it's just dead wrong and it's going to ruin everybody's life. And that's why it bothers me so greatly. I want people to be happy and healthy in their 60s and 70s and and yeah. beyond.
2: Right. I think that's that's one it. thing to add, just real briefly, to it is uh, the it's exactly the same thing, but the, the the genetic component. I've heard I don't know how many times that people have shooted what's well, my in my genetics that I have heart disease. No biscuits and gravies in your genetics, not not heart disease. You know I have cancer in my genetics. No, you have cigarettes in your genetics. You know I, I think that people will use genetics as their excuse for why they won't won't take care of themselves and that's crazy. And if does it affect your self esteem, your quality of life? Absolutely. There's no no doubt in the world that it'll 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 hold you back. And why do you want to be held back? Who wants to be held back?
1: So Yeah. No, I think that it's a, a wonderful point. I'm glad you, you both brought it up because there is sort of this pervasive defeatist attitude, you know, whether it's I've been injured, or I'm older, or uh, I've got high blood pressure, or obesity runs in my family. Those are all excuses, and Mm -hmm. uh, people need to to know and believe that they can change their own life, Mm -hmm. and they can.
3: Yeah, not only can you change it, uh, almost all of uh, chronic diseases are preventable. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people become fit and healthy and get off of blood pressure medication, get off of cholesterol medication, um, see a change in their heart rate or it, don't have to take the heart medication, it, it, can, it can cure it and it can prevent it. And that's just absolutely a fact. And it seems like such a, a an ability to have such a high quality of life um, that people... Just deny themselves of. And that's why we wrote the book to try to get people to care enough about themselves and think for themselves uh, rather than be uh, influenced by others in a negative way uh, to really uh, make that change for their own life.
1: Mm-hmm. And you've you've mentioned Melissa a couple of times about you, know, you with respect to the injury, for instance, that a doctor might recommend that you that you rest. Uh, a doctor at the same time might recommend that if you have high blood pressure that you take high blood pressure medication and give you almost no advice or bad advice about you know lifestyle changes that, exactly that could they do. resolve yeah. that issue.
3: Yeah, or so, anxiety. Yeah, anxiety. Uh, right. One of the big anxiety or depression. The known way to treat. And I'm not saying avoid mental health treatment when you need it. But so much of anxiety and depression is also the mental component of the physical health is enormous. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. Or, um, you know, children, too. So often people are so easy, uh, so readily uh, willing to medicate their children when, you know, diet and lifestyle changes may resolve whatever the issue is. So. I think part of this discussion really is t- to encourage people to to take personal responsibility, take control of their own life and, and be a, an active and informed consumer of medicine too, because it's not always good advice.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So I, we're uh, coming up on close to an hour and a half here. Time's really flown by. Um, so I think we'll wrap things up here unless there's something else that you're just dying to say that we haven't we haven't covered,
2: no, we're covered. <laughs> okay.
1: so i think just first of all thanks thank you both for for joining the show i really enjoyed the conversation uh like i said earlier i'll certainly link to uh, to the book in the show notes uh for those who are interested in purchasing it i i think Where's the best place they can go to find it? Is it uh, on Amazon, or is there some other place that's that's good to buy it?
2: Amazon probably the easiest uh, that everybody's got linked to, or probably access, computer access of. Okay. Well, Amazon, probably the easiest.
3: Yeah, it's on Amazon. Another thing to remind people of is the ebook is available. I've had a lot of friends uh, who enjoy reading ebooks, so um, that's another easy way to purchase our book.
2: I think one of the yeah. biggest things that, that makes a book uh, achievable is the simplicity that we intended. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing very complicated. You know, it, Keep it easy. Keep it within yourself, and you'll do fine. You just yeah. don't go look for magic bullets that doesn't exist. So keep it simple. Yeah. Go to the, the basics and be done. And then, then build on that. Start, start the foundation and build up.
1: Yeah, you mentioned uh, the solution is in one part of your book here. You mentioned the solution is also reasonably easy. Eat right, exercise, sleep, and keep stress under control naturally. Um, And obviously, yeah. Well, thanks again for, to both of you uh, for joining the show. Uh, I'll uh, link to that Amazon uh, link in the in the show notes so that people can find your book in the, either the ebook form or the the physical book form. I have I happen to have both uh, because I, I like having both <laughs> versions of the book available. Uh, but thanks again to both of you for joining the show.
3: Thank you so Thank much you for having us.
1: All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to give it a thumbs up and subscribe to help us spread the message of freedom. Until next
0: time, remember, you are the Forge of Freedom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Forge of Freedom. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. For more information or to connect with Alex, you can go to forgeoffreedom.com or follow him on Twitter at Forge of Freedom. Until next time, remember, you are the Forge of Freedom.